Happy New Year, Brandon. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, Chris. Happy New Year. It's kind of nice for the New Year. Yeah, usually in Ohio in January, it starts getting nasty and cold and everything. But what is actually pretty nice out there tonight. I'm surprised. Yeah, it was pretty good weather. Yeah. So, yeah, it's another Monday night. The first World of Hue podcast for the new uh, the new year, the new decade. And how was your New Year's celebration, Brandon? Did you guys do anything fun? Well, we hosted a little party here with some uh, friends and family. Okay, cool. Did you make it to midnight? We did. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, what What did you What did you do? Um, any um, New Year's Eve shows you watch? Uh, what did you guys do to entertain yourselves? Uh, we played a lot of games, had some drinks, had some food. Um, okay. we, we had like a little mini pizza bar. Um, oh. People can make your own pizzas and put them in the oven. Um, played a lot of different types of games throughout the night. We even bought this um, um, TV game, like it's called Jacks, and it has like a different bunch of tr- types of games you can play using your smartphone. Um, so one of them, for example, is called Murder Trivia Party, which is kind of like a creepy uh, trivia um, game where it, it can kill people off, and um, those who or those who get the wrong answer, you know, they're are and they're still alive. They can um, 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 you know, play, play games. So that's kind of one of the examples there. Okay, and what was the the best TV you watched New Year's Eve? Was it Ryan Seacrest in the back, or we? Um, I put on let's see, CNN. I think after all the oh. advertising they did for it. Yeah, with what? Andy Cohen and Andrew. Yeah, a couple years ago, it used to be Andy Cohen and, um, like, Kathy Griffin. And uh, how was the uh, – how were Andy Cohen and Anderson Cooper? You know, to be honest, it kind of looked a little little boring just seeing two, guy, two guys there standing there. Uh, um, yeah, an, an interesting um, – interesting combination there um yeah i only put it on for like the ball drop essentially um so i gotta say it's bad tv it just isn't quite as fascinating a bunch of i don't know the music's always weird like I, i think on abc they have like those tape pieces where you know, after midnight to go to california the and they have like these bands playing this room and everything it's kind of weird huh New Year's Eve has been my favorite. It's good to hang out with family and friends, but the TV just stinks. It's rough. It's only serving purposes to entertain us badly until just for we can watch a ball drop in New Year's. Well, and I'm always uh, looking for New York City. Well, from a pop culture basis, I'm always looking for the entertaining people, but I, boy, I can't remember for life of me. I mean, obviously, there's always one major entertainer there each. New Year's Eve. I mean, I think Mariah Carey was there once, but nothing really even sticks out. It's like a bad Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah. Well, you know, not especially if they're performing in near like New York or something. It's freezing up there, I'm sure. But um, um, other than that, um, I will say that uh, um, yeah, I'm more about just having good company over and. That's what we did. You know, we had some good games there. Um, some, uh, and, um, you know, I, it was funny. I, f- I feel like I'm getting older every year because um, I certainly had to recover the following New Year. On New Year's Day, it was my recovery day. <laughs> so I'm getting closer to yeah, 30 with every New Year's Eve well, reminder. Yeah. And I, well, I'm getting older and older. And I got to tell you, we were. I was out with my daughter during New Year's Eve, came home. New Year's wife, Eve. wife and I hung out for a little bit, and we, we fell asleep. I think I fell asleep at 11. So <laughs> the older I get, the more boring I get. But it's nice. I mean, it's nice to hang out with, like I said, with family and friends on New Year's Eve. New Year's Day is a great holiday, Brandon, because, you know, Christmas, you, you need to be a family. New Year's Day is a nice day just to catch up and relax. I mean, 
Uh, did you just kind of hang out at the house for New Year's Day? Well, traditionally, I usually go to my mom's for oh, okay. for like a she always makes like a special New Year's Day dinner. But this year, okay. for this holiday season, like I've just been so exhausted. I've been sick. I've been just kind of like the holidays have landed on an awkward day of the week. So I'm just kind of like I, I just made it a, like as you say, a, just a great day to or not do anything. Yeah, because there's not a ton of huge expectations. I mean, yeah, you might have your moms and everything, but it's not like a a day where you buy a ton of gifts or anything. It, it's kind of a nice day of just chilling out and relaxing. So it's good stuff. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, the, we're here at the Rolling Pew Podcast. Kind of a uh, quiet night. It's been <laughs> just a... Real busy day for me, and uh, it's nice just to decompress for Brandon. Uh, John's not feeling well tonight, so he won't be there. Um, no guests tonight, just kind of trying to ease herself back into the swing of things after taking a couple weeks off. Hope to have some guests uh, as early as next week, but lots to talk about. Uh, Brandon, I, I don't need a huge celebration, but I got to share for yesterday, I got older. Uh, you said you're coming up on your 30s. I'm in my mid-40s, and I'm having – oh, it's not fun. Turned 45 on Sunday. It's kind of crazy. Ooh, happy. And you turned 45. Yeah, 45 yesterday, and it, it wasn't fun. Oh, well, happy belay birthday. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. I, it was a good day. Got to hang out family. We – um. After church, we went out to eat, and at night, we kind of went out and got some ice cream, got to catch up on some stuff, got a nice birthday card, a couple gifts. I mean, it was a good day. I The older you get, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of a blessing to be old because, you know, we're not always guaranteed to live a long time. You know, not everyone lives to be 45. Or, or, but, you know, I don't, do you ever get philosophical on your birthdays? Um, not really. I, I use it as, I, I treat my birthdays like my New Year's Eve. Well, like for me, with my birthday being January 5th, I, I kind of like, you know, I think about like my work and I think about, you know, you know, relationships like my wife and kid and everything. And I, it, it's just a big day for me to kind of look back and look forward. Maybe part of it's because it's part of the New Year's. So maybe it's like a New Year's resolution, but I find myself kind of like, in self-evaluation and so yeah some things i'm happy about some things i'm not i don't know it's kind of weird maybe, maybe i'm thinking too much during my birthday not having as much fun no i kind of understand what you mean but i guess i'm kind of getting to that age where i'm starting to think about looking back on my life and be like man the what ifs i'm doing the what ifs now so maybe i might start philosophizing philosophize oh, i can't speak today um about my life um Sure, on my birthdays, I can see that. I mean, I haven't felt that midlife crisis. I mean, you know, we, we started this podcast a year ago, it's, but it's been nice to hang out and talk. I know it's kind of a different way of talking, but it's, you know, this podcast is my midlife crisis. I'm not buying big sports cars or anything. I'm not, you know, you know how some people will have an affair or have like, get married again. I mean, I'm not doing anything like that, but it just, I don't know, it's been a good time just to self-reflect and just you know kind of see where i'm at where i want to be but but it was good got to have a date night with my wife haven't been able to do that for a while it was good and yeah, just good good week just to hang out and just relax <laughs> i need that a little bit more in my life so it was pretty good i gotta tell you brandon we've got some more um podcast followers i was excited about um, over the weekend, one of one of my favorite episodes is when we talked about my experience at Heine's. You remember the big cheese place in Millersburg? Oh, yeah. Yes. An unfortunate name for a cheese place is it almost made it seem like a women's dance club. Well, I, I bring that up because last Saturday we had a family reunion in the Millersburg area. So my cousin uh, has the same type of humor as me. So we were talking. I was sharing with her the podcast. Uh, she signed up, so she'll be able to watch us each week, which is good. And she's been to Heinz. She's been there. Her husband knows somebody from Heinz. So I I'm trying to get somebody from Heinz on the podcast. That'd be great. 
Oh yeah, that'd be um, a lot of pun puns. Uh, <laughs> um, pun central for that episode. Now, what do you think in terms of dream guests? Because, like you know, we're journalists. We think about you know who's that dream person we want to interview for work. Here on the podcast, we say who we want to interview, and you know, thanks to our friend John Reed. I guess Julie Andrews would be a dream podcast, but man, to have somebody from Heinies, wouldn't that be almost just as good? It would be, yeah. That's like the next best thing on our, as far as our own internal jokes on the show. Um, right. Yeah, bring on the cheese. I mean, it wouldn't be a career highlight, but could you imagine like talking to somebody, you know, like, while the camera somebody in high knees, it's like, which that sounds bad saying you're in a high knee, but you know, oh well, <laughs> so it should be good. So yeah, so yeah, hopefully we can pull it off, man. I'm 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 excited. Um, this made my day over the weekend, so we'll, we'll see what happens. So it should be good. Um, Brandon, we were talking about this, and you, you baffle me a little bit. Uh, last week we were joking about. This is the last um, episode of the new decade. And you said, wait, the decade may not start in 2020. And I did some reading. Brandon, what's this argument? So I, I guess it's possible that the decade's not going to start at the end of 2020. Exactly. Because, Chris, it's very simple. There is no year zero AD. There okay. wasn't. There was a, a year one. So the decade would have ended 10 AD. So okay. that, that a decade is 10 years. So um, obviously though we, since because of that, so therefore 2020 is the end of the 2010s. And mm. just like 2010 was the end of the aughts. And just like two, the year 2000 was the end of the nineties. Okay. Uh, even though, because of that's a new number and it's a uh, flashy, it's much more flashier to um, celebrate, um, you know, on an even number rather than um, people obviously say, Oh, it's the end of the decade. So it's just kind of how we are. It's our mindset really. So are, are you personally fired up about this decade thing or I'm not like super decade fired up. It just seems, it is kind of funny because a lot of publications have really done this decade in review um, story piece, story angle. Um, and it's not really accurate, but, you know, in a way it's uh, it's kind of a, it's still kind of a cultural moment. Still kind of like, hey, there's nothing wrong with just writing like, well, let's look over the last 10 years, I guess. But the way it's framed, it's like um, not completely accurate. But then again, like I say, like, it just be kind of weird to celebrate um, uh, the end of a decade with 2021. It's such an odd number to celebrate an end of a decade, but you know that's why it's much sexier to do it on for 2020. Yeah, and some of these numbers are so arbitrary. It's like you know, when they talk about decades, you know, like I don't know, last decade I guess I was thinking, man, isn't 2020 going to be different? Is it going to be like futuristic? It sounds like a out there year and you know we're in 2020 and life seems kind of same as 2019 so i don't know do we make this stuff up to kind of entertain ourselves like hey it's a new decade or you know your stories of a decade or something like that does it really matter i mean i guess that's what i'm struggling with a little bit well i mean it's kind of a you know it's always good to take find some time at, um to look back on a on the last 10 years and see how far Things have changed. I mean, Columbus is definitely um, relevant for that kind of changed over the last ten years, and um, how the city has doesn't probably looks a lot different than it did in 2010. Like some of our hot areas, like the short north or um, Ohio State campus <laughs> on High Street. So, mm -hmm. um, just to name a few places. At least for here locally in a good old central Ohio region. But isn't it crazy? And I understand why this is the case, but isn't it crazy how we focus on this? Like at the beginning of 2020, when, you know, like 2023, you could say, hey, look what happened the last 10 years. You know, it's weird. Like you said, you know, we take 
this focus on you know the year to end zero make a a bigger deal about that. Yeah. Um, well, you know, it's kind of like feels like a reset for us uh, visually. Yeah. It's kind of a representation. So, um, like I say, it wouldn't be as visually appealing to celebrate it for 2021. Um, so, yeah. And, and kind of crazy to start to 2020. I mean, now we're threatening to fight Iran, and you never know what might happen. It's going to be interesting. So, yeah. Um, it is an inch, it's, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. So yeah, 2020, oh boy, it's kind of crazy. Um, just a bunch of, you know, random stuff that kind of came across my plate this week. Um, old Papa John, John Schlatner, right? Is that how you say his last name? I thought it was Schneider or Schneider, Schneider, Schneider. I don't okay. know. I give up. Well, we were weirded out. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, and we even had a Papa John's taste test here. Where, you know, long story short, you know, he said some very fortunate things. He lost his job. He wants to come back. He had an interview with a local TV station where he threw out the, hey, I ate 40 pizzas in 30 days. And, you know, Brandon raised a good point. We don't know if this was. Um, just him or him and his family or him and his friends. But it seemed very strange that, you know, 40 pizzas in 30 days. 40 pizzas. And now we have a story thing. He says he wants to eat 50 pizzas in 30 days. What's going on here, Brandon? Um, you know, it just seems kind of a tough break for him. You know, uh, he just kind of wants to kind of <clears throat> keep saying that the company is going downhill without him. Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting because on New Year's Eve, he posted this on his Instagram story. And usually on New Year's Eve, we we all say, hey, we're going to lose weight. We're going to exercise more. Well, his pledge was, hey, I'm going to eat 50 pizzas in 30 days. Now, I don't agree with his stance on racism or other stuff or, or anything else he's accused of saying. But, man... I mean, this guy's come on strong with the big food pledge. I, I, do you admire his his courage and when he eat fifty pizzas in thirty days? I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of jealous a little bit. I'm I'm, I'm grossed out and jealous at the same time. Uh, he's got a lot of the time on his hands, and he's got a brand to rebuild. So all he's got left is to do uh, um. Crazy stunts like this that probably will he how will he verify this? Will he take pictures of him on every hour of the hour taking a slice? Um, is he gonna be pacing himself? Is it just counting as one slice of pizza for himself, two, some for his family? I like to know uh like some of the details here. I I kind of wonder, and you know, we talked last week about the Peloton husband who had a clever post and he got a lot of attention. I'm wondering if this guy got a bunch of attention for the 40 pizzas in 30 days. You know, people weren't talking as much about the racist stuff he said. And he said, boy, if I got this much attention for saying 40 and 30, how much more media attention I get for 50 and 30? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's, um, you know. It's good press, you know. It's good press, yeah. Can't beat it. Yeah, old, old Papa John. And I, I don't know. Bravo, Papa John. We'll see what's happening. Um, Brandon, another thing that's happening here in the Columbus area, uh, you posted about this. My work wrote about this. I'm sheets. Um, you know, Columbus is really cool because Columbus has a lot of different, you know, restaurants, different ideas for food and everything. They really haven't had sheets here yet. I, I think the closest one was in the Zanesville area, but Brandon, it's going to change next spring, so a little over a year from now. We're going to have our first sheets in the area. Now, Brandon, I, I thought I saw you post something about that on your Facebook about a week or so ago. Brandon, are you pumped up about sheets coming to the area? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm curious to see. If it depends, though. Um, I love to see more than one sheets open in the city. Um, it's a big place, so I feel like they, you know, if it's just going to be opened in, like, Pickerington or 
or some other suburb. That's going to be disappointing to me. I, I hope to see them um, uh, open a few locations, you know, to get started. Um, so, and they didn't really, that's the only thing that's missing from the story is kind of like the locations or, or how many locations, where the locations are, um, you know, sadly though, I can't indulge too much on their, uh, uh, food offerings because of this, uh, keto diet I'm on, but I will say, right. that, um, um, you know, um, I just love their concept of just like a gas station with like a sort of a little fast food operation inside the store and um, their products are pretty good, especially their beverage products. You know, Brandon, as a journalist, I was kind of disappointed by the quote. And, you know, this is in uh, one of the papers I work for, This Week Community Papers, uh, appeared, uh, I believe, mid-December. Uh, Nick Ruffner is a PR guy for Sheets. Uh, it's based on Altoona, PA. He says, at this time, it's too early in the process to provide additional details on specific store locations and projected number of stores. I want to share these details soon. But he's excited to, s- to serve customers in Columbus in spring of 2021. I don't know, Brandon. I'm shocked that this guy would come out with this announcement without any more details. You know, isn't the double in the details? Why? I wonder why they can't say more than what they're saying so far. Well, I, I think partly it's um, from a development perspective. It's, you know, they still have to, it's, it's nothing set in stone. That's the problem. Usually with these kinds of things, you have to go through the city to get approval from either um, either a couple commissions or boards, and then eventually city council if for um, if depending on the area they're going in. Um, you know, this is something I saw a lot going on in Delaware, Ohio, with their um, and their but their jurisdiction's a lot clearer and crisper than. It is here in Franklin County where you have mostly Columbus dominating the scene. Then um, that process is a little bit more murky with the area commissions and the uh, city council, how they handle that, those kinds of um, developments. Um, so, yeah, um, I, th- I think that's I think that's partly why they haven't announced what they're looking for, although it would be nice. I think what they should be should have could say is like, oh, we're looking to have roughly um five five stations i think i don't know why they can't give an estimate number but um yeah so yeah and well and you know i i think like um oh um, i'm blanking on the name of the place um the drive-through place that you you can go to here in columbus that was popped up in the akron area spenson's yeah, Swanson's, yeah. And, you know, they started out with zero Swanson's, and, you know, they started adding more and more. So I bet you, and Sheets is a gas station, so I bet you they're going to have, I we'll probably have a lot of Sheets here before long. It should be a good thing. Yeah, I mean, um, we had at least a couple when I was work up in the Youngstown area when I was living up there. Um, not a lot of Sheets, but, you know, um, but that's how I got introduced to the concept and. Man, I just love their uh, Reese peanut butter cup hot chocolate. It was something my wife and I loved and enjoyed. Um, so, um, yeah, really good stuff there. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, I, I'm confused about this next thing, Brandon. And, you know, we've tried to catch up on some of the news that's happening. Um, later this month, I believe it's January 20th. Uh, we're all big fans of The Office. Have, have you seen this, Brandon? The, the Office, a musical parody, is coming to Columbus. Um, Brandon, I, I sent you a story. Uh, are, are you impressed? Are you freaked out? I mean, I, I don't know what to make of this. Yeah, um, not a big Office guy, um, but from what I think I heard a little bit from friend, from folks who are that apparently some people, some maybe some former um folks connected to the office made some made a musical bit that was a reference to the show maybe is from my understanding um haven't had a chance to look at the article you sent me over but um um yeah um it's interesting how certain um media tra- translates over into um 
in um, into different formats for fans <laughs> with these kind of products. Well, I think I got the audio on. Let's check out. I've got the trailer here. Um, I want to know a little bit more about this. So let's check out the trailer and we can comment during it and see what we think. Oh my gosh. Uh, Brandon, I, I am shocked and not in a good way. What was that? Yeah, that's a... Holy crap, I'm not saying that. Well, you know, parodies, you know, they, they go but go across that line. What can I say? Yeah, but they, they went full on Julie Andrews. I mean, you know, there, there was one criticism I heard. Michael Scott's played by a woman, which... I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I don't know if it's a good idea, but I'm not going to protest it because it's played by a woman. But hearing the song, it's like a Julie Andrews song. What does that have to do with, you know, The Office? It, it doesn't roll together at all. What's what's going on? Uh, it, says it was a musical parody. So I guess, um, you know, it's you need to have the musical element. <laughs> but it's like Julie Andrews. I mean, try to get like what music would be. I mean, it was popping in the 2000s, maybe you know, get closing time or some other song like that. I mean, I, boy, that, that looks frightening and not in a good way. <laughs> it looks like you just don't have a taste for Broadway musicals. What can I say? Yes. Now, John, John's a big fan of the office as well as Broadway and <laughs> theater. So John's probably high five and going, I'm coming to check this out, but boy, I don't know. I like the office, but that's a little bit too much for me. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure people will disagree with you. Hey, uh, speaking of it just plays in Hollywood and all that other stuff, um, you know, kind of throwing this in here a little bit, did you watch any of the Golden Glo Globes last night? I did not watch it last night because, like, a sensible adult like I am, I watch clips from the next day. <laughs> yep. I, I actually, um, I, I was in front of the TV when it started, so I saw Ricky Gervais his intro and then I went to sleep and then checked out some of the clips through it. I don't know. I thought Ricky Gervais was pretty funny. I mean, I, I guess if you love Hollywood, you say he's evil because he's making fun of Hollywood. If you don't like Hollywood as much, you're, you kind of liked him. Are, are you a Ricky Gervais guy? Yeah, you know, he's got, sometimes he's got some good, um, good humor sometimes. Um, it just doesn't hit me. Not because it's like fast or rude or, or how dare you, but it's just kind of um, sometimes I think it loses that he aims for shocking you and it doesn't it doesn't shock me. And like it was kind of like that last night a little bit where it, it was almost um, yeah, for someone who said this was his last time hosting the show. I'm, I'm sure he's going to be back and hosting it again. So. So kind of a been there, done that. I think this was it was like his fifth time doing it, and it was interesting because he's kind of done the same thing over and over again. And I, I thought it was humorous, kind of funny, but maybe I mean, it's getting old. I remember the first time he hosted it, maybe the second or first time, and he mm -hmm. was he. I mean, he really shocked. He really shocked the 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 media scape at the time. I think this was even before social media was really rampant then. Because and they really he got slammed. He was like, "Oh, this is you were being mean. Um, you like you were you're like this time around. It was like, yeah, um, you know, for especially when he says like, oh, the cat cat gloves are off, and you know, it's my final time, so I don't care.' But no, <laughs> uh, 
Um, yeah, yeah. Let, let's, and again, this is courtesy of NBC, and, and we're not trying to steal this, just trying to um, just share some clips from the show. I'm trying to defend myself a little bit. Uh, let's let's play a couple clips so you know what happened. All right, hang on a second. I yeah, one pull up old Ricky and, and let's check him out and see and see some of his act from last night. He went to the Pope humor, Brandon. <laughs> I just love how they go is watching this video earlier, like how they always cut to the audience reaction. And I think that's what made it more funny was yeah. audience reaction. Some people were just like deadpan or just some like, oh my gosh, you know, but like, but it, I don't even think any of them were like, looked, looked morbid. Oh uh, yeah. The Leonardo DiCaprio joke here. Yeah. That was probably his best joke of the night. This yeah. was good. I thought. <laughs> yeah, a little, little profane from Ricky, but you know he was trying to make a point. I thought it was interesting. He was talking a little bit about, um, you know, like everyone says they're working for great companies, but like Apple has sweatshops and everything, and but you're still working with it. And he made the unfortunate joke about ISIS, but you know he kind of had a point. It was interesting, and you know that's what humor should be. It's got to be a little bit startling and. It's a parody of what of what's happening, and I don't know. I thought Ricky Gervais it was kind of interesting. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's what's comedy all about is kind of pointing pointing out each other's hot hypocrisies. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, but you know, to be honest, in comparison, I'm just I think he, I think this was tame for him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was definitely not where he usually goes. Um, got to pull this up, Brandon. I, we've got to play this just so you know what's happening. Hang on a second. As I'm pulling down Ricky and... Okay, we will get to it in just a second. Oh, man. Yeah, did you hear about the reporter? I'm trying to bring up her information, uh, but there was a reporter who got in trouble uh, because she was very excited. Uh, she talked about the lottery, and she felt that she won the lottery, and she did win the lottery, but what she did kind of got her in trouble. Let me see if I can uh, pull up the video here for you. Oh, yeah, this story. <laughs> All right. Yeah, crazy, uh, jubilant Spanish reporter, uh, Natalia Escordo, I believe. Um, you know, they uh, she felt that she won the lottery. It was $4.4 million. She had a lottery ticket, so she got excited. In Spanish, she says, I'm not working tomorrow. She's jumping for joy. But the problem is she only won $5,550, which is good, but probably not enough for you to quit your job. 
Um, I, I haven't seen a follow-up story. I'm not sure if she got her job back, but in essence, she quit her job on the air, and she tried to apologize and tried to say, um, you know, hey, I, I didn't really quit my job. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, it's kind of the moral of the story is, is kind of check the amount you won before quitting your job, I guess, for a lottery. Um, you know, but um, yeah, it's a, it's an awkward situation yourself to put yourself in. Well, and it's kind of interesting, too. I, I, I wonder, and I don't know what Spanish TV is like compared to American TV, but if you're sitting there and you're all excited that you won the lottery, I mean... How far How far do you have to go to quit for them to actually believe you? You know what I mean? Like, you could go into your work tomorrow and say, I'm I'm frustrated, so I quit. Well, because you say, I quit, is that binding? I mean, you know, yeah, she quit and she said, I don't have to work anymore. But can she say, hey, I was just kidding? I wonder what the rule is on that. That's a good question. Usually, you put it in writing that you are – uh, quitting, I guess, but you know, and then there's also the hostile ways to quitting, like not showing up for work, um, just saying you telling. I guess by all means, giving a verbal, I quit, I'm not coming back, and you leave right then and there. You know, I guess, um, yeah. But usually, those are non-animicable ways of cutting ties with your boss, which I do not recommend. <laughs> And is it up to the boss? So if, okay, so if she's a great reporter, they say, oh, she's just joking. She has her job back. But what if she was a bad reporter? What if she didn't come to work on time? Could that be their excuse to saying, hey, you quit? And even if she meant it as a joke, you know, they could say, hey, you shouldn't come back anymore. Uh, well, that's why my grand's always saying you're the master of the unspoken word. Definitely. Definitely. I don't know, but you're right. Please check your lottery ticket to make sure you won 4.4 million. Or, and you know, if you really like your job, I mean, yeah. What if you stayed and worked one day a week or something? I don't know. I mean, maybe she was having trouble with a job before if she she quit that quickly. You know. Yeah, that's all good points there. Um, well. You know, maybe it's a sign though that she needed to move on. <laughs> yeah, I, I tend to agree. Um, speaking of moving on, I'm, you know, we talked, Brandon, we talked about this Impossible Burger, and I, I'm not even sure if I understood the Impossible Burger, and you did a good job explaining it, and I don't know the, the plant burger and everything. You know, th there's a story that I shared talking about how it has 18 million times more estrogen than regular Whoppers. And, you know, Brandon, maybe we're all suckers because we we see these stories, we get excited, we want to share them, and it's just these crazy reports. And maybe it's not true, but um, Dr. James Stangle, um, he's saying that, look, this engineered vegetable burger may be less healthy than a regular Whopper. Um, and, you know, he's saying it's got a lot more estrogen. But 18 million times more estrogen? I mean, they're pretty much saying it could cause men to grow breasts. Brandon, is this just a weird story of the week, or is there any is there any evidence behind this? Is there any reason that us men should worry if we run to Burger King to eat the Impossible Burger? Well, I would say that, um, first off, when you see articles like that, just always go back to the source. Always look right. at the study in question. Hell, I remember, you know, there was a study out saying if our cats were, uh, like, you know, bigger than, like, uh, were big enough, they would eat us. Well, that's not, that was according to a study, and that wasn't true. That's not what the story list, that wasn't what the study said. Um, a lot of times, it seems there's this really um, big gap between uh, when it comes to the journalism of research studies, and sometimes... Like, you know, it's, they're really hard to kind of translate, you know, scientific gibberish, uh, well, gibberish isn't the right word, scientific jargon into something that the layman can understand. And oftentimes that's where you get these kind of crazy, head, sensationalized headlines from. Um, and whereas you're missing the kind of the whole point of the study. So I don't know. I mean, um, whether or not, you know, it is, it is the question of what happens when you consume a lot of estrogen. Um, will it, will it affect you? Um, 
you know, um, as but for for my per, opinion, personal opinion, I mean, I have not really indulged in the Impossible Whopper. Uh, my wife doesn't really like it because it tastes too much like the real thing, and she likes her vet her. She misses the old veggie burger patty that mm -hmm. they that carry. So, um, um, it's so that's kind of the irony is some vegetarians are like, well, this is too much like the real deal because they're kind of nervous. Like, will they get will Burger King screw up one day and give them the real deal? So, well, and how would you feel if you're Burger King? The, the one thing that always like shocks me a little bit is. And I found this from working, you know, public relations for some companies. Like the bigger your company is, you're going to see negative stuff online. Um, it just happens. And hey, Dale Bear, uh, a buddy of mine said hi. Hey, back, Dale. Hope you're having a good New Year. But you know, the one thing that is interesting is you're going to hear negative stuff. So, Brandon, if you and I are the social media team for Burger King, you know, we're, we're going to see some weird stuff about our food online. But where does it come where when you say stuff like this, what would stop Burger King from suing? You know what I mean? So so if I if I show on Twitter, hey, the impossible burger stinks, yeah, hey, Burger King's big enough where you know they could overlook that. But if you're saying the impossible burger is going to cause me to grow a huge breast, is that going to come to a point where that could become a problem? Well, I mean, like that's why we have protections here from a media law perspective here. Um you know, um, and you know, kind of like, um, kind of like w when it comes to libel and defamation, I mean, and obviously, we, you know, if you're reporting, like, well, we're just saying that the study here is finding that, you know, I mean, um, there's not much they can do, so. Yeah, but, but you know, to make claims like that, you know, I, I wonder. Where, where comes the point where Burger King says, hey, you know, we got to protect ourselves. You know, we don't think our impossible burger causes men to grow breasts. I, it's kind of a weird, it's a weird study. These reports are fun. And I think we're always going to talk about them because they're, they're good stuff for us to talk about. It's fun, kind of weird stories, but it, it does have its limit, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, and Burger King can always, say well our food is always fda approved and you know it's safe and it would not i mean it does not give men breath definitely definitely um wanted um you know Kanye west you know kind of on a different story we're kind of buzzing for a bunch of stuff today brandon um you know Kanye west says he's a christian um you know kind of interesting to watch his religious journey I haven't heard it yet, but you know Kanye's been dropping albums like crazy. He uh, dropped "Jesus Is King" in, in October, which started a lot of talk about his religious experience. Now he has "Jesus Is Born," which he dropped on Christmas. Brandon, two albums in three months. What's going on with Kanye? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, certainly, um, uh, certainly taking. Um, Interesting career turn, I guess is one way to put it politely. Yeah, it, it's been kind of interesting, and I, huh, I, I yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know what to say about Kanye. It's been kind of an interesting career path from him. Uh, let me see. I want I want to hear some Kanye music here. Just a Sunday service. I don't know. I don't want to play too much longer because, in essence, we're playing copyright music. But Brandon, I don't know what to make of Kanye. I I can't admit I I've, I've never been a big fan of Kanye West music. Uh, but I I I guess if he's doing something positive, that's great. But it, it's interesting. I mean, not many artists do two albums in three months. Yeah. Well, um, it is um. People point out his these these kind of works are not necessarily his best works, um, but they're some people fans of Kanye enjoy them nonetheless. Um, you know, um, 
you know, it kind of reminds me of like when growing up in um, in my um, uh, church circles that a lot of people, my generation really liked this, the kind of like the screamo bands. And I know one, um, one person was like, yeah, you know, um, they, my folks don't care if I listen to someone screaming, I love Jesus, like over and over again. So um, I don't, I think it's kind of like that probably. I mean, it depends on your genre, but um, you know, I think it's sort of getting a, a away from like certain genres in general are bad or just regardless of what their subject matters are about. Um, and just seeing what connects with speaks to you. Well, it's interesting to see how the whole music industry has changed. A couple of weeks ago, we had uh, Mark Stewart from Audio Drone on the show. And, um, you know, part of what Mark talked about was his music career. And, you know, he talked about sometimes the band would go a couple of years between albums. And it's amazing now with, you know, Spotify and some of the other things, how in the past, you know, the big deal is you get a record deal, you put your heart and soul into one album that takes a couple years to write. And now, I mean, you can put out an album each day if you want to. And it's been interesting to see how that's changed the music business. And I, I know Kanye, I'm sure, has a religious reason why he's doing that. But I wonder if that will make sense economically for him, too. Uh, you know, it's just an entirely different way of doing music than we did 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, um, it's certainly the, an, a side effect of the technological boom we've been experiencing and the disruption. Uh, you know, it's kind of democratized um, how we how we produce and, and consume music and uh, media and other types of information. Yeah, and it'll be good. I mean, I always like the business side of it, so. I think it provides a lot of really good opportunity for us as consumers of good music. I wonder though how it profits the um, you know the the singers or the bands or whatever else. Um, it, it can be kind of hard. I've you know talked to some you know bands that they you know Spotify doesn't pay as much and you know it's really not a lucrative business as it used to be. You know with the the current way of doing things. Well, and it was interesting bringing that up because, you know, there's been some artists who've kind of been resistant to having their music on Spotify, um, you know, but, and then, but there's another story also coming out how, you know, with sports or with sport arenas, instead of like sporting, instead of sport teams filling them, those stadiums up, they usually go to concerts. Um, I remember an interview I had with an OWU professor from my days at the Gazette who talked about, um, you know, um, things have changed so much to where, you know, people can no longer really get access to, to concerts anymore. Even like used to be, you could just kind of stay in line maybe and get there early and maybe you'll definitely get a seat in the show. Won't be the best seat maybe, but, um, those days are gone now, I guess. And that's something before that were existed before my time, I guess. But, uh, now concerts are kind of like the real bread and butter for uh, artists now like they really um, price gouge and sell those tickets as much as they can to make make some money which they can't make anymore from their uh, albums I would love to see like you know we talk about subscription services like with Netflix and stuff like that I'd love to see a subscription service for the band where if you paid a certain amount of money to a band you get special stuff but I, I guess the hard thing about it is if they record a, like a special song for their subscribers or what, you know, how do you save that from going on YouTube or being illegally shared or anything? But I, it'd be interesting to see if they, if there was a way of developing that, that way you can, you know, support your bands without, you know, wasting a ton of money. So should be interesting. Well, um, you know, for our podcast, Brandon, we're kind of trying to go an hour. Uh, we've had some long shows, some shorter shows, uh, we're trying to stick at an hour, so we're getting near the end of our hour, Brandon. Um, anything else exciting going on that you wanted to share? Or sure, I got something right next to me I want to share. Oh, this is Lucy. Oh, I Lucy. Adopted, okay. I adopted her. Um, well, me and my wife adopted her over the weekend. Oh uh, wow! We stayed, got there at the Frank County Dog Shelter at seven in the morning. Um, we wanted to get her. She was our first choice, but they had to go through a lottery and we thankfully were still fortunate. <laughs> um, cool. So, uh, 
She's a four-year-old Chihuahua mix. Um, her previous owners were elderly folk, I guess, who gave, gave her up because they couldn't afford her anymore. She's a little shy, um, but um, she's getting used to us still. So, yeah, no, our cool. Self, Very good. Getting along with her other dog, who's maybe one, he's a little more interested than he should be. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. We, we, so, you got two dogs now. Two dogs, yeah. Uh, okay. Jackson and right. Lucy. Sounds good. We've got two cats and a dog now. We've been happy of having, um, you know, one cat and one dog. Long story short, my mom moved recently. Uh, she went to a place where she can't have a cat. So we offered to take her cat and watch her cat for her. Um, Nellie, which, believe it or not, she's behind my shoulder. The the black thing that you see <laughs> back there behind my shoulder, she's kind of laying it down. But, yeah, congratulations on adopting a dog. It's really cool that you got to do that. And, yeah, it's, it's good to take care of the animals. So, yeah. So, and I'm glad things are going well. I mean, she's sitting there nice. Not tearing up the house and you yeah. seem pretty happy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's sweet. She's a good dog. All right. Well, sounds good. Well, thanks as always for being on, Brandon. Uh, hopefully, we'll have John back next week. Um, been a long day. <laughs> I'll just put it that way. Lots of fun stuff happening, and uh, it was good. Brandon and I got to catch up a little bit earlier to talk about some of the other fun stuff that's happening. But, yeah, Brandon, thanks for coming on again. We will uh, catch up next week. Uh, have a great night, and congrats on the new dog. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.